It's Toronto's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hi everyone, I'm Phil Bliss, a business visionary, and welcome to Toronto's Podcast, part of the Canada's Podcast Network your source of great insights from entrepreneurs across Canada. Today we're with Britt Garren. Britt was born and raised in the small town of Essex, Ontario, about 30 minutes outside of Windsor. He was also involved in sports, especially hockey. After high school, he moved to London and attended Western University, where he graduated with a degree in finance and economics. From Western, he moved to the GTA, immediately after graduation, to start work at CAA where he was brought up to be on the team that helped launch their travel insurance company, Orion Travel Insurance. From there, Britt was lured away by the Danish insurance company software that CAA had implemented and helped them to expand their North American business and run operations on this side of the Atlantic. While working for them, Britt and his roommate had the idea that would grow into what has become Scholartree. They started working on Scholartree about two years ago, officially launching out the student platform in September 2017. Scholartree has grown since then into a suicided marketplace. On the student side, students create a profile, and based on that information, they get matched to scholarships they are eligible for. On the other side, the platform allows any individual or organization or school to easily start and manage their scholarship programs. Since launching, they have over 45,000 students signed up and using the platform. Britt has lived in the downtown core of Toronto for over seven years and will soon be moving out to Oakville, that well-known suburb. So Britt, how did you actually get started? You know, Tell us a little bit about how you became an entrepreneur and your journey to get where you are now. Yeah, um, my plan was never to become an entrepreneur. I was uh, born in a small town in southern Ontario, um, Essex, about 7,000 people. Um, after high school, moved to London to go to Western for four years, then moved to the GTA to work. And, you know, I thought I would have a pretty traditional path, but I was very fortunate that in my first job, I got put on a small team to actually launch a company within a large organization. Really enjoyed the experience of working with a small team. Um, from there, I moved to an even smaller team to help a Danish company run uh, their North American operations. Enjoyed that. And then, uh, yeah, finally had the idea for Scholar Tree um, and started that with my then roommate at the time. Um, so it wasn't really a, a plan. It was just kind of, you know, you find what you like, you keep moving towards it. And uh, yeah, ended up at uh, Scholar Tree, just a team of two, decided to start building it out of our apartment. So what does ScholarTree do exactly? Yeah, um, ScholarTree is an online marketplace for scholarships. We try to just make the scholarship program, our process more efficient for both students and uh, organizations or individuals looking to offer scholarships. So on the student side, we help uh, students find and apply to scholarships. Um, what they do is they create a detailed profile. Based on the information they provide us, we match them to scholarships they're eligible to, and then um, just give them the tools to easily apply directly online. And then for organizations or individuals, um, we want to create a platform that made it very easy to start and manage a scholarship program um, to increase the amount of scholarship money available to Canadian students. So, you know, 
small town small town guy to Toronto. What are the benefits of doing business in Toronto, and what are the challenges of doing business in Toronto? Yeah, um, great question. Uh, the benefits are definitely the ecosystem that exists for entrepreneurs within Toronto. There's so many different resources you can access for help. Sometimes it's just meetups and hearing other people's stories. I find when I am starting to get a little bit uh, discouraged or you know in my own head, going out and talking to other entrepreneurs and hearing their stories, the problems they're dealing with, just uplifts me because you feel like you're not alone. So I would say, yeah, just the ecosystem and the amount of business that's done in Toronto is a huge benefit. And then um, really the only negative is the cost of living. It's expensive to live in Toronto or around Toronto. And that's the biggest hurdle as an entrepreneur is, you know, keeping your cost of living low because you might not have uh, a ton of revenue coming in at the start. And yeah, I would just say, very frankly, that's the biggest challenge is the cost of living. Uh, So some of our best ideas come when we least expect them. How do you disconnect? You know, how do you recharge? How you get, do you get inspired? That's a great question because, I mean, uh, I'm sure other entrepreneurs have said the same thing. Like, it's very easy to get sucked in where this is your life 18 hours a day and this is yep. all you do. Um, it's almost like you have to schedule free time. At least that's what I find. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll pick, you know, one day and one evening on the weekend to either spend time with friends, uh, my girlfriend, family. And just when I'm doing that, it's completely outside of work there's no checking emails no checking phone it's a complete like blackout from that type of thing and then you know once that period is done you can jump back into it but i think it's extremely important to you know go on walks or talk to people go see movies or whatever you like to do to recharge your batteries and you'll never know where inspiration will kind of come from what kind of vision do you have for your business i mean you know is it national or international now is that, is that where you're taking it? I'm just curious. Yeah, so we're um, completely national right now. We have students in every province and ter- territory across Canada. Um, we're extremely happy with how we've done that in 18 months. We're at uh, just under 50,000 students signed up and using the platform, which we think is great. Um, so now the choice for us is do we want to move internationally or do we now want to start to offer other products or services to students in Canada? Um, Based on our feedback with students, I think we'll go to expand our platform to not only be scholarships, but to be other touch points to help students from high school to their um, end goal of getting their first job at a university. Um, There's a couple different ways. Uh, The most prominent ones are like a professional guidance counseling service, potentially helping with like financials, financial planning, or helping with fine co-op jobs and something like that. So we're right at the inflection point, I guess. So what's the greatest challenge you face to date? Great question. Um, The greatest challenge is convincing organizations or individuals who have never offered scholarships before the benefits to do so. Because, I mean, to be perfectly frank, the service we offer them is never going to be a need. It's always a nice to have. It's not like a company needs to offer a scholarship. So the sales cycle is definitely longer there, but it's also the education piece of like the advantages of offering a scholarship you know, showing off your brand, your corporate values, but also things uh, people necessarily haven't thought of before. It's a great way to build out your hiring pipeline for young talent. Even if you're only going to award the scholarship to one person, you can catalog the people who are, you know, your finalists and keep engaged with them over time for co-op positions or new grad hires. And then lastly, um, we found a lot of people have success using scholarships as a you know, almost a straight up marketing tool where it markets products or services that are targeted students. Because for young people now, 
there's so much noise out there for them that uh, we have a very like captured, focused group of students. So if you're looking to engage with them in any way, scholarships are definitely a viable option. What do you know now that you wish you'd known when you were starting a business? <laughs> There's so many things, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, to go okay, what's the most important? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The most important is not to get in your own head. Um, a lot of times, uh, some of the best ideas we've had, we've put off for months. They kind of die on the cutting room floor of like, you think of reasons of why it's not going to work when you should actually just shoot your shot, see what happens, get out there, talk to people. The worst you're going to hear is no. No one's going to laugh at you or call you an idiot. So take your shot and see if it works. It's the best way to figure out if it's a good idea is to put it out there and get feedback. That's a good piece of advice. But what's the best piece of advice that you've ever received? The best piece of advice I've ever received was from a book, and I don't want to misquote it, but I think it was from uh, the Wealthy Barber's like, second book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the best time to plant oak tree was 80 years ago. The second best time is right now. So, you know, with any advice, it would have been great to know it five years ago, but you can't do that. So you might as well act on it now type of thing. So from an entrepreneurial level, what are the top three things on your bucket list, your, your vision board right now? Great question. One is for the next three months is the slower part when it comes to the student sign up. It'll be a very aggressive push to get on board more people who are going to offer scholarships because what we've done successfully is make the scholarship we have very available for students. But our real overarching goal is to increase the amount of scholarships available to Canadian students. So definitely that. Uh, number two is start to look at scaling the team. We feel like we have a nice formula, but we can, you know, we're very small right now. So mm-hmm. scaling the team and all the challenges associated with that. And then um, three is, you know, what's next for us? What, what does the next year look like? Mm-hmm. And what are the key uh, development pieces we want to do? Or do we look to moving to the U.S.? So those are the, by far the three biggest things we have. Okay, good. Okay, we're going to go through some kind of rapid fire, fast answer questions, whatever you want. So, you know, just shoot it out, the answer. So if you weren't doing what you do for work now, what would you be doing instead? Either something with uh, helping people with personal finances or just working on a small dynamic team, working on a a problem I'm passionate about. What book are you currently reading and what books would you recommend? I just picked up a new book. I know it's very, it's like the hit, hit book right now. It's the subtle art of not giving a fuck. So I haven't cracked that. So I can't say anything about that yet. But mm-hmm. one I recommend the most is uh, Tim Ferriss, Tools of Titans. It's essentially cliff notes of a bunch of successful people. And mm-hmm. it's great. If you had to pick one word to describe yourself, what would it be and why? Um, passionate, I think. Um, just everything I do, uh, I tend to be a loud talker. I tend to like really like engaging <laughs> with people. So uh, I would say passionate for that, yeah. What's keeping you up at night? Um, keeping us up at night is we know we're onto something, but we also know there are other people trying to solve the same problem. So mm-hmm. the people you don't know about that are looking to kind of eat your lunch type of thing. What's your favorite place in the world to date? Or if you're not sure, where do you think it would be? Favorite place to take a date? No, favorite place in the world 
to date. Not oh, to, my not favorite as in to, to date. Oh. As in not in as to, well, maybe it is today. I don't know, <laughs> no, you know. There's nothing wrong oh. with that. <laughs> um, I would say right now um, my top three would be Copenhagen, Munich, and Vancouver. All for different reasons, but love those cities um, and just... <sighs> feel really alive when I'm there. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Copenhagen. It, yeah. It's a great place. What are the three non-negotiables that have to happen in your morning or evening routine? In my evening, shut down the computer an hour before I go to bed. I just find that my sleep is a deeper, more restful sleep. In the morning, I have to take a fi- at least a 15-minute shower. I like a long shower. gives me time to think. And then um, also in the morning... First thing I do, I mean, this might not be, is I check my calendar for the day, check emails I got overnight and just plan out my day in very rough specs. Only takes 15 minutes and then I move on to, you know, breakfast and things like that. But those are the three things that I have to do. Do you think entrepreneurs are weird or, I mean, is there something special about them or is it just anyone can be an entrepreneur? I think like, Yes, I definitely think they're weird, but like weird in a good way. And I think the biggest thing is uh, risk tolerance. It's not saying that we're riskier people. It's just that we know what the risks are and we're willing to be risk adverse in the face of what those risks are. I think given the right circumstances, anyone could really be an entrepreneur. But there is a huge difference between having an idea and executing on that idea and uh, I think that's where, I don't want to say special, but like that's where the weirdness is. You have to have an insane amount of confidence in yourself or almost like blind faith in like your own abilities and knowing what you want to execute on and being able to do that. So here's the tropical island. You might have heard it on a couple of the other podcasts. There's a small, beautiful tropical island in the middle of the ocean with one phone booth and no internet. We drop you off there with no technology at all. At any time, you can use the phone booth on the island to call us in the boat and come and pick you up. How long would you last before making that phone call? And what would you do until you did that? I, I love this question. I have heard it on the uh, previous yeah, podcast. Everyone answers it differently. So it's kind of a fun question. Yeah, there's so many ways to take it. And like depending yeah. on like what your headspace is, it probably yeah. answers differently. I'm going to try not to give too much of a cop-out answer. If I had, if I knew this was coming up and scheduled it, I would say I could do a full week and then I would like spend it relaxing, um, just, you know, enjoying myself. If it was you kidnapped me on my way to work and then dropped me there, I would last four to eight hours total because Mm -hmm. the entire time I'd be panicking about like, what am I missing out on type of thing. But yeah, if I was able to spend a week there, I think I would really try to (laughs) develop some survival skills. Like, hunt fish like just get more in tune with nature um and the more primitive side of uh, the human experience i guess that's been really good some some good observations how can our listeners get hold of you uh, and you want to add anything more is there any gem that, that we've missed in here before you leave us today the only thing uh the only thing i'll say is even though as an entrepreneur, you're often doing a lot of things on your own, you're never truly alone. There's a lot of organizations, a lot of like incubators um, that you can apply to in the GTA or across Canada, specifically affiliated with the various universities that often help you get initial grant money, seed funding, things like Mm -hmm. that. So 
don't feel like you're on an island by yourself. There are always people willing to help and feel free to reach out. Uh, your listeners can get a hold of me at brit.garen at scholartree.ca is my email or on LinkedIn. Um, just search me. It's very easy to find. And yeah, I'm accessible for any types of conversations. If they're interested in starting a scholarship, great. If they just want to talk about things, also cool. Hey, Britt, thanks for coming on to the show and, uh, you know, talking to our listeners at Canada's podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been a real treat. Thanks, everyone, for taking the time today to listen to Toronto's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters or write a review for us on iTunes. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or at CanadasPodcast.com, where you can listen, discover, and engage. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. I'll see you next time.